0: One of the stories my father loves to tell on me is when I was about 11, 12, 13 years old, I was in that phase where I was, I was still a boy, but I thought I was becoming a man. You know, we've, we've been there. And, and I was out playing in the yard, and we lived out in the country, so there wasn't a lot of traffic that went by. And I was imagining, right, I was in this other world running around the yard, making noises, acting crazy. And all of a sudden, I heard a car coming, and my dad said he was looking out the window, and as I heard this car coming, I'd take off running, and I'd dive behind the house so that this car wouldn't see me imagining. Because for some reason, as we get older, we devalue that imagination. And so what I want us to do today is to engage your imagination for a few minutes. Try to enter into this story that we find in the book of Luke. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, as you engage in the story, ask the Holy Spirit to point out to you which of these characters tends to resonate with you. Which of these characters do you you identify the most with? The story begins with one day... As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So imagine yourself, you can hear the sea hitting the shore. You can smell the water. You can feel the sun on your face. And first, I want you to imagine yourself in the crowd. Maybe a friend has told you about this Jesus and they've invited you to come and you decided it would be worth fighting the crowds to see what this guy is all about. Maybe you'll get something out of it. So you come and you you brave the crowd and you're pressed in with everybody else getting close to Jesus so you can feel the people on either side of you And you see Jesus standing on the shore and and we're just getting too close and he doesn't have room to move. So he turns around and he asks one of the fishermen to take him out into the boat a little bit. And he begins to teach. And as you listen to him teach, there's something about what he's saying. It's challenging the way you see the world. It's challenging the way you view religion. It's changing the way you see yourself in relationship to God. And you think to yourself, there's something special about this teacher. He finishes his teaching, and people begin to filter away, and the teacher turns and begins to talk to the fishermen who are there close by. But for some reason, you linger. You think maybe you'll see something. You've heard that this man has done miracles in the past. So maybe you'll get to see something. And maybe, just maybe, he'll do a miracle for you. Because I could use a miracle. Times are hard. I could use a miracle. My relationship has gone south. I could use a miracle. And after a few minutes, you begin to turn to walk away, and all of a sudden, you hear a commotion behind you, and as you turn to look, this fisherman is bringing in all these fish from the water, and it's filling up his boat, and he's, he's yelling for his partners to come out, and they're racing to their boats, and they're scampering out to get to the other fishermen. And both boats begin to sink. There are so many fish. And you stand there, and you watch, and you say, surely this is a coincidence Surely that fisherman just had this sense that even though he had been out fishing already, that he just needed to go out and hit that spot again. But as you watch the scene unfold, you see Jesus with this knowing look on his face. And you begin to wonder is it possible? Is it possible that I just witnessed a miracle? And as you begin to process that then you start to think why him? Why not me? I needed a miracle. It's one of the reasons I came. But you also think if that was a miracle that means miracles are possible it means there's something special about this teacher what would it mean to follow him what would it mean to believe him to trust him and so you leave that day with so many questions and wondering But let's begin to approach the story from another perspective. Jesus noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper, And let down your nets to catch some fish. Now enter the story as a fisherman. You've been out all night working. And you've come in and you've brought in your nets. And you're cleaning them and you're repairing them. You're doing the hard labor of finishing up for the day. You're ready to go home. And Jesus comes along the shore and he starts teaching and the crowds are pressing in. And you've had some experience with this teacher. Not so long ago, your mother-in-law, who was ill, ended up in a room with Jesus and when she came out, she was better. And I don't know if that was a blessing or not, but it happened. Wow, there's some mother-in-laws going on around here. But you have this experience with this teacher. And so when he looks at you and he says, hey, can you stop cleaning your nets for a second and let's push out in the water a little bit so I can kind of back up from these crowds and teach a little bit. And you don't want to because you got work to do. But you get in your boat and you take Jesus out a little bit and you begin to hear him teach. And he teaches as one who has authority He teaches in a way that I've never heard anyone teach before. There's something powerful about it. There's something life-changing about it. And he finishes his teaching and he turns around and he looks at you and he says, now, let's push out into the deeper water. You're going to go fishing again. Peter is a trained fisherman. This is his job. He knows what he's doing. He's been out all night. This is not the time or the place to be fishing. Jesus looks at him and says, let's push out into the deeper water and start fishing again. I can just imagine a teenage Peter, oh, come on, Jesus. But he's got experience with Jesus. Jesus. He's just heard him teach in a powerful way. And so he looks at him and he says, If you say so. And they head out into the deep water. And they bring in the biggest catch of fish that Simon Peter has ever seen. Starts to sink his boat. He has just hit the lottery of fishermen. His family is safe and secure. They're set. They're ready to go. And as I was spending some time in this, this story, it struck me that I've also often missed a perspective that I, that I almost missed again. There's another place in the story where we might want to engage And that's the fact that Peter lived in the deep water. This was not new for him. He made his living out in the deep. He had been out in the deep water all night long, throwing out his net and bringing it back in, and throwing it out, and bringing it back in, and throwing it out, and bringing it back in, and his arms were tired. He was exhausted. He'd come in for the night. He was ready to go home. And this teacher has called him out into the deep water again. When he was just ready to sit on the shore. Where do you see yourself in that story? Sometimes we see ourselves on the shore keeping Jesus at arm's length, right? That's safer. It's easier. We approach Jesus because we might get something out of it. We even use that language, don't we? We use it when we come to church Man, I wish Steve was here so I could have got something out of that sermon. Can I get an amen? No one's wishing that more than me, I'm just telling you. We sit on the shore and we watch, hoping that the words will do something to us. Hoping that maybe in the off chance, we might get to participate in a miracle. God would do something for us. And I don't want to be too hard on the people who are on the shore because they are seeking Christ. They are looking in that direction. They're trying to figure out what it is that this Jesus is about. But so often, when we're standing on the shore, we see miracles from a distance and we might misunderstand. Sometimes when we're standing on the shore, we turn around and we leave without experiencing the voice of Christ or the miracles of Christ. Do you see yourself in the story on the shore? Or maybe, maybe, You see yourself on the shore here as Simon Peter. And you know that Jesus has just turned to you and he has said, It's time to head to deeper water. It might be hard, it might be risky, it might be dangerous. he has said, let's go to the deeper water. Just in the last week or so, I sent out some emails to some people to ask them to participate uh, in in something I'm just kind of testing out. I want to get their feedback. I want them to experience it and help me form it. And so I kind of prayed over a good period of time about who to ask, and I sent out some emails and said, hey, would you participate in this? It might require some things of you, and here's what it would require. And so I get an email in return from one of the people that I had asked, and they said, that is way outside my comfort zone. That is gonna ask me to do some things that I am not comfortable with. And on top of that, Here's my history. You may not know this, but here's my history. And I just want to be up front with you that this is where I come from, this is my story, and it may exclude me from what you're asking me to do. But all that said, I feel like God is telling me to say yes. That's taking a step to deep water. That's listening for Christ and sending the boat out to the deeper water. Maybe you resonate with Simon Peter on the shore. Or maybe, and this is probably true of a number of people in this room, you might resonate with Simon Peter out in the boat the night before. And you have been throwing that net out into the water for as long as you can remember. And you've been throwing it out and pulling it back in, and throwing it out and pulling it back in. And you are exhausted. You are tired. You feel like this is what God wanted you to do, but you are not seeing any results. Your arms hurt. You're ready to go back to shore and call it a day. Maybe that's you today. Do you have it? Does the Spirit have in your mind which of those places you might be? You might even be somewhere in between. Somewhere on the journey in between those places. But can you see it? Can you imagine it? What do we do with it? One of the things we've been preparing for this miracle series, God has kind of prompted me to pray, that we wouldn't just think big things about miracles, right? We, I have a, okay I 'm not going to speak for you. I have a tendency to come to this place and to listen and to experience and to think big thoughts about theology, about God, about the world. But God has been prompting me to pray about this particular series that we wouldn't just think big thoughts, but that we would do big things because we serve a big God who can perform a big miracle. And so if the Holy Spirit has prompted you to resonate with one of these places today, how are you going to respond? What will you do as a reaction to that? Again, I think as we enter the story, it gives us a glimpse. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, "'Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you.' For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, "'Don't be afraid.'" From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Do you see it? The interesting thing about this particular miracle is that while it addresses Simon's felt need, right, there's a good chance he needed to catch some fish for his livelihood, He may have been praying for for a large catch of fish that day. And Jesus answered that prayer with this miracle. But did you see the response? He was awestruck. Even though he had been back out in the deep water, he worshipped God. He fell to his knees giving God the reverence that he deserved. And then they left everything to follow him. If you notice, if I'm back on the shore, all I see is that Peter's needs had just been met. I might not notice the fact that Peter, Andrew, James, and John left everything there and went with Jesus. Their priorities had just been shifted. Their lives were just reoriented. They saw that this Jesus offers more than just the security and the comfort that I think I need. This Jesus offers a different way of life and it might be risky. It might seem dangerous. It might go against our experience. But the miracle worker is calling us to follow him wholeheartedly wherever it is he leads us. And to leave those things that we value behind How do we do that? What's our part in it? If you notice, if I'm back here in the crowd, I don't hear Jesus turn to Peter and say, let's push out into deeper waters. I'm too far from him to hear it. And so if you find yourself in the crowd, I would challenge you to move toward Jesus. This is what the spiritual disciplines do in our lives. These aren't just things we do over and over and over again just because somebody told us to. This is the way we get to know Jesus better. This is the way we begin to hear his voice. If you aren't spending time in the scripture, don't read it as an intellectual exercise. Read it because that's how you get to know Jesus better. Begin to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See what it is that Jesus does. See how it is that he acts. Listen to how he teaches and be transformed by it. Ask yourself, God, what is it you are trying to do in me today through the way Jesus lived and taught? Engage the word and be formed by it. Spend time in prayer and during that prayer, shut up. Listen. Be quiet. How do I hear Jesus say it's time to move to deep waters if I'm always telling him what to do? listen. Spend time in solitude. And the extroverts say no. And the introverts say amen. Unplug. We are bombarded with information and technology and, and noise constantly. I can spend an entire day never alone, even while I'm alone. Unplug. Spend some time in solitude with just you and Christ and listen for his voice. Introverts, you might need to spend some time in some good Christian community. I say solitude, you say amen. I say get involved in Christian community, you say uh uh-uh. And don't just gather with people who are like you. That's the danger, right? If I spend time in solitude all the time, and that's the only way I engage Christ, Christ begins to sound and look a lot like me. He likes the people I like, he dislikes the people I dislike. He thinks just as I do. That's really convenient. But when I begin to gather together with people who aren't like me, people who have different experiences, people of different socioeconomic classes, people of different educational levels, people of different races, people of different stories and cities and countries, I begin to get a clearer picture of who God is. So you might need to gather together in some Christian community. And listen, for where God is telling you to go is he calling you to the deep water. What if I'm already out there? I got a sense that God wanted to do something. I heard a sermon that inspired me and I just jumped in. And I've been out in my boat throwing the net over and over and over again and seeing no results. What then? I'm tired. I'm annoyed. I'm looking back at the people on the shore and I'm saying, get out here. I've known so many pastors over the years who have just burnt out and exhausted And when I talk to them, they tell me about programs and initiatives and how many hospital visits they made and how many sermons they preached. Often when they're that tired, they're not talking about how they've spent time with God and how they're hearing from him and what he's calling them to do next. We completely separate. And we just try to do it on our own because we know what to do. I've known so many people over the years who have loved ones or friends who are far from Christ and they've been throwing the net and bringing it in and throwing the net and bringing it in with no results and they're tired. And they're starting to wonder if God still does miracles. Sometimes we get out in the deep water and we leave Jesus on the shore. So, if you find yourself exhausted from the work, it might be time to reorient yourself to the miracle worker. It might be time to lean back in and listen to where Christ is calling you. I've wondered as I've studied this story, and this is my speculation, so take it for for what it is. But I wonder if Jesus looked at Simon and he said, we're going out to the deep water and they took the boat out. There's a part of me that wonders if they didn't sit out there for a long time and did nothing. And I can just imagine Simon looking at his watch because, you know, they wear digital watches. I can just imagine Simon checking the time saying, are we going to fish or what? And they're just sitting there in the boat. And Simon says, Jesus, we got work to do. We got to get to it. Stop messing around. Do you want me to move? Do you want me to go somewhere else? Do you want me to throw the net? What do you want me to do, Jesus? And they just sit there. And then eventually Jesus says, okay, throw the net. And when he does that's when he pulls in the fish. I think sometimes we get so anxious, we get so excited, that we start throwing the net before Jesus has told us to throw it. We need to reorient ourselves to the miracle worker. We need to fall to our knees and worship And say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I can't do it without you. The deep water is too deep. It's too dangerous. It's too scary. This particular miracle reorients us. It reorients us away from self interest or from performance fatigue toward the mission of God in the power of Christ. Where do you see yourself in this story? What steps? Is Jesus calling you to take? Can you even hear his voice?